0: Hello, welcome to Orion Talks. My name is Sua Chubukchu. I am a senior fellow at Orion Policy Institute, and we have a distinguished guest, Jacob Zen. He's a faculty at Georgetown University and senior fellow at Jamestown Foundation, Washington, DC. Uh, I know Jacob from his, um, his studies on Africa, you know, the insurgent groups, and he's uh, publishing about the Boko Haram and you know what's happening in the sub-Saharan Africa, Northeast Nigeria, Lake Chad region. So for me, he's a really valuable source to know about what's going on in Africa. And also, he recently published a book titled "Unmasking Boko Haram: Exploring Global Jihad in Nigeria." Uh, Jacob, thanks for coming.
1: A real pleasure. I'm glad to be
0: on one of the first podcasts for your institute. Yeah, thank you so much. We are so honored that you participate today. And you know, as you know, we are closely watching what's happening in Afghanistan and with the Taliban takeover of the country and now we are thinking about what's going to happen in in Afghanistan what's going to be the future of the people and you know the US role in uh, in the conflict but here uh, I really want to hear from you um about what's going to happen in, in Africa because the the Taliban takeover is not a regional problem it's it has also some global dynamics especially when we think about this uh, global jihad, uh, jihadist networks uh, and also, you know, like their Al-Qaeda affiliated group, ISIS affiliated groups. And I really want to uh, hear from you how these groups will actually uh, reflect upon what happened in uh, Afghanistan recently. So um, I, I really want to talk about about the, um, the insurgence groups that's happening, in, that's actually active in Africa, right? And I really acknowledge that, you know, Africa is a very large uh, continent. You know, we, we are not talking about uh, a, a homogeneous group. There is so much diversity, like different groups. Like we have uh, some, some activities that's happening in sub-Saharan region. There are some activities in uh, Northeast Nigeria. And also, you know, we can talk about the, the East Africa and I really want to hear from you about what does the Taliban's recent victory mean for these insurgent groups in general? And also what can be the key implications for the Taliban's victory on these jihadist groups?
1: I think one of the key implications for the jihadist groups in Africa is actually on the counterterrorism end. In the past few years, there had been talk in the United States, for example, about increasing the counterterrorism effort in Africa. But I think the way that Afghanistan is being portrayed as a debacle where we failed, or at least the United States failed in nation building, and the United States failed in the evacuation and the Taliban won, I think it more or less extinguishes the possibility of, say, the United States increasing its counterterrorism footprint in Africa, which could be a benefit in a sense for some of the jihadist groups in that they won't have to face that additional pressure. So the idea of US boots on the ground in Africa, which had been talked about, is much lower now. For the jihadist groups themselves, they clearly see that there is a path to jihadist victory, which has not been seen much when you think about the last 20 years. Jihadist groups have had short-term wins, but then they get defeated by superior firepower from state forces, And when you look at the al-Qaeda groups, which are ostensibly aligned with the Taliban, you have the group in Mali called JNIM, or a group for supporters of Islam and Muslims, and they have declared their loyalty to the Taliban in the past. And then you, of course, have al-Shabaab in Somalia. And I think both of those insurgencies can look very positively on the Taliban experience, in the sense that the Taliban showed that if you're willing to fight long enough, a state power can get tired and leave at some point. And you have France being the main state power in Mali. They've been there intensively for the last eight years. And even this past year, President uh, Macron of France has indicated that France is a little bit tired there. And although it might've been a, a bluff, he did suggest that France could reduce its footprint in Mali and even leave. And I don't think that that is imminent, but the fact that that conversation is even being had at the top echelons of the French leadership could give a group like JNIM hope that if they can keep this intense level of insurgency for 10 more years, then maybe France too will get tired and leave. Al-Shabaab meanwhile is fighting against mostly AMISOM, which is essentially a regional UN backed military coalition against Al-Shabaab. But Al-Shabaab is still Mm -hmm. hanging in there. It's still quite powerful in the countryside. And I think Al-Shabaab, too, could also look at this and say that we've had adverse forces against us for around 15 years, and I think Al-Shabaab can last another 10. But I think the main point is that state forces can be expected to get tired at some point and retreat. And I think al-Qaeda groups can look to that positively. I would add a caveat, though, that I don't think Al-Shabaab has commented on the Taliban's victory. And JNIM has we can get into that more, but they might be a little bit uh, tentative to be too pro Taliban given how moderate at least the Taliban's public appearances
0: have been. Okay, that's that's wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, and uh, and also you know uh, as we talk about these groups and you know how they approach the Taliban, also one of the questions that comes to my mind is. what extent the Taliban is different than these groups, right? Especially when we look at about the Taliban's ideology. And also, you know, when we look at 1990s, Taliban is so different than from 1990s. You know, it was a kind of more insurgent group. Now we are talking about a governing force and a group that look at a kind of legitimacy from international organization, also legitimacy from the public. So when we look at overall the Taliban's um, recent um, activities and you know the messages to the public and uh, I really want to hear from you about how Taliban's approach is different than these insurgents groups in general.
1: I think you make a
0: really point that
1: the Taliban had some experience in governments from the pre-9-11 period and they did some form of shadow governments in the past decade and a half or so and now when they are governing again, they're trying to co opt the institutions that had existed under the US backed government. And I think that that is a difference from the African jihadi groups, none of which have real experience governing. They more or less have experience in shadow governance. So if a group like Al Shabaab or JNIM, if you look at the Al Qaeda groups, ever came to power, they would probably have less of a foundation to govern than do the Taliban. However, JNIM or its predecessors did govern briefly in Mali around 2012, 2013, but they didn't really know what to do. They were inexperienced. They made a lot of mistakes, somewhat like the pre-9-11 Taliban, and they focused so much on Sharia punishments and the like instead of actually improving livelihoods. And so although the groups in Africa, like JNIM don't have so much experience governing, they have learned lessons from their own uh, mistakes in the past. Al-Shabaab sort of governs in the rural areas of Somalia, but it's not yet tested in urban areas. So if they were to ever control urban areas for a lengthy period of time, we'd have to see how they do. The, The ISIS groups, in particular, the group known as Boko Haram, but that is called Islamic State in West Africa province, or ISWAP, it is doing some administration in rural areas of Northeastern Nigeria, but that's not the, too sophisticated. It's mostly low level taxation. So none of them are really as tested as the Taliban governance, but they're also all, I would say more rigid, more extreme than the Taliban. The Taliban had to make some concessions on its ideology to get to the place where it is today that the U.S. was willing to basically leave and is essentially entrusting the Taliban with Afghanistan's governance without too much hostility towards the fact that the Taliban won. And you've seen that with the Taliban's nationalistic rhetoric with its adopting international standards like the United Nations and talking about women's rights. You really haven't seen that from any of the African jihadi groups, which basically reject the international legitimacy of all of the engagements that the Taliban is doing diplomatically now. But we might see some evolution, at least among the Al-Qaeda groups in Africa, where they begin to adopt a more cons- a more conciliatory message towards international engagement. And if any group would do that, it would probably be JNIM and Mali, Partly because their leader, Iyad Agali, was formerly a Malian diplomat
0: and even has some experience in that. Okay. Yeah, excellent point. Thank you. Uh, uh, and also, you know, you talk about the lessons learned from the, the group perspective, but also I really want to know that, you know, how about the governments in, in Africa? You know, uh, w- what can be the lessons learned for them? not to be another Afghanistan. You know, you, you briefly mentioned about the Mali, you know, and the, uh, the French government decision to withdraw some of the military power. And are, are, uh, do you have any kind of idea how will this affect the, the government's approach in counterterrorism and dealing with these kind of insurgent groups like Mali or Somalia?
1: Yeah, I think that there are important warning signs coming from the Afghan government's collapse insofar as it shows that governments that are corrupt, that hoard money among the top officials that don't provide services to the countryside are bound to face opposition. And if you look at Northeastern Nigeria, Northern Mali and rural Somalia, the government's writ and the effective delivery of services are very low. In those parts of those three countries, just to use as an example, you could add northern Mozambique, if you'd like, or even eastern Congo, when you look at the ISIS provinces that are emerging there. And so it's no surprise that just as the Taliban gained a strong foothold in the rural areas, so do these jihadist groups in Africa gain strong footholds in the rural areas. I think also of concern is the extent to which in Somalia, the military effort against al-Shabaab is really foreign backed. And I think that just shows that if somehow the foreign support were to diminish and they were to entrust the Somali government to fight al-Shabaab, you could see an Afghanistan scenario playing out. Because it proved that when you withdraw a significant level of foreign support from a national government, at least in Afghanistan, it proved just completely to be um, like a pile of cards. I, I think some of the other governments like Nigeria and Mali are probably Stronger, and they don't rely on foreign apart as much, but still, they 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 might not be as strong in the long term as uh, some foresee, especially considering the way the jihadist groups embed themselves locally and have a very long term outlook on the endurance of their
0: insurgencies. Okay, excellent, thank you. And you know, you mentioned about the Somalia, and also, United States is actively engaged in the counterterrorism operations in Somalia, you know, against Al shabaab I'm just wondering how this the failure in Afghanistan can affect United States counterterrorism cooperation and engagement with, uh, with the local governments. I think one possibility is that the
1: idea of international counterterrorism coordination or supporting national armies, at least for the near future, will be like a bad word in the United States discourse because the, the Afghanistan situation, as far as I can see, is being viewed as a complete debacle. And I cannot see a U.S. president saying, we need to engage more in a country like Somali or Mali or Cameroon, Niger, something like that. Mozambique, which probably many Americans are not too familiar with on on a map. So I think that it's mostly U.S. counterterrorism support is, is only going to diminish in countries that Americans are not particularly familiar with. And I think a lot of these African insurgencies are perceived as very far away and they're areas that the US is not familiar with. And I even think it could be a successful political tool to say, oh, we're gonna you know, move our troops from Africa. We don't need these drone bases in Niger or whatnot. And so I think that's the most important near-term implication is that there's less, gonna be less US international counterterrorism engagement perhaps more, if anything, geopolitical engagement when you deal with countries like China
0: and Russia, but that's a whole different ballgame of the Afghanistan ramifications. Okay, thank you, Jacob. These are so much insightful and really valuable comments. And I'd like to thank you so much for your uh, time and for, for the conversation. I really enjoy it. And please stay tuned for our future podcasts.